0: Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Back. Well, it's no accident that Patrick Brown's book is coming out as Vic Fideli is preparing to deliver his first fall economic statement. And that will happen minutes after we're off the air at one fifteen. There are reports that it will feature cuts to the Office of the Ontario Child Advocate and the Environmental Commissioner of Ontario on packing all of this, we have a crack panel, Bob Richardson, Liberal Strategist and Senior Counsel to National Public Relations, Jerry Nichols, Political Strategist and Communications Consultant, and Mike Van Solen, a principal at Navigator Limited. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hello. Hello. Great to be here. Great. Okay, first we have to talk about Patrick Brown's book and the timing. Mike Van Solen, let's start with you.
2: Well, the timing's no mystery. Uh, he's looking to uh, inflict the most damage he can on the uh, conservative government that he once led. Uh, the issue is uh, Patrick Brown has uh, very little credibility, uh, and credibility when making accusations like this is really important. So I think uh, a lot of people have been pretty quick to shoo away uh, the basis accusations he's made. Uh, it's creating a bit of noise. I don't think it does anything to rehabilitate uh, what uh, folks think of uh Mr. Brown. And uh, quite shameful, actually, to uh, to call into question someone's uh, mental illness in Lisa McLeod. So, uh, look, I think it'll be a one-day story. Uh, it's not going to do much to rehabilitate Mr. Brown's uh, image, particularly with his former colleagues. And um, uh, I expect his publisher will be disappointed in the sales figures.
1: Uh, well, he just said that they're selling out, but we'll have to uh, verify that, obviously. Bob Richardson, uh, you're uh, the only liberal on this panel. What's your take?
3: Well, you know, I, I, I first of all, I agree with Michael. I think the timing was uh, pretty, pretty premeditated, if I can, if I can put it, uh, if I can put it that way. I think it does start to feed into a little bit of a line that they're starting to feel like there's chaos around this government. They need to kind of have a couple of quiet weeks because every week seems to be chaos and given the lineage of the family that's not helpful uh so so you know i think that's that's a negative for the for the conservative government right now um I do find it a bit strange that he is doing this. He just got elected. He got redemption, if you want to call it that, by the people of Brampton. Can you explain to me how the mayor of Brampton can work with the provincial government, which he has to over the next four, three and a half years after you know releasing a book like this and taking a direct, aim at the minister of finance it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me and i'm not sure how this helps patrick brown i'm not sure how this helps the residents of brampton and i'm not sure how this helps the conservative party because i think he still claims to be a conservative and and is a former leader so on all those fronts i think it's um it's not well thought through.
1: Well, I I, I just asked him about that, and uh, he said that uh, basically said that uh, being nice didn't work for Brampton. Uh, he said that before the the book came out, and he also said that now the Conservatives will have to be careful that they don't single Brampton out to punish him. Um, that was one theory, Jerry Nichols.
4: Well, you know, I I, I think this book should actually be called Patrick Brown Strikes Back. Uh, I think, you know, I think he's uh, very bitter. Um, I know I can understand why he would be bitter, why he thinks the party treated him badly, why he thinks, you know, he got a raw deal from his his friends and former colleagues and especially from his staff. So I think this is I think this is just an emotional reaction. I think he's just saying, okay, you pushed me. I'm going to push back and and I don't think he was thinking long term about this the, the strategic implications of this. I think this was just something he probably had to do to kind of get closure from 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 everything that happened.
1: Well, uh I think that uh he agreed to write the book and signed whatever contract he signed before he he had this comeback um but I don't know how that would have played into it. Do, does anybody have thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I I I agree with uh, Bob's point that uh, I think it's uh, more seems to be more of an exercise of a personal vendetta against uh, uh, his former colleagues and what. Transpired, but seems to be pretty short sighted in terms of representing the people uh, of brampton uh, in in the coming uh, coming four years uh, He is you know, you know if if there was some animosity or ill will between between them uh, if that was ever in question, i mean he cemented it with this book
4: well, you know um, I, I used to I used to work with a with the political consultant an American political consultant, and one of his models was I believe in grudges, and I think I think a lot of people in politics sort of follow that motto. And I think this is what this is with Patrick Brown. He's got a grudge against the Ford government, and so yeah, he's he's throwing a hand grenade in, in, into their into their little party. And I think especially it's it's just the, the economic statement. I think they're having a convention this weekend. Um, so I think he, I think this is just his way of kind of. You know, as I said, he's striking back at people who he he thinks treated him badly.
3: I I mean, I think I I think there is also uh, it's a little bit disingenuous, too, as well. Had this come out 10 days before the election? of Mayor of Brampton, uh, I think we would have seen a different outcome in the election for Mayor of Brampton. And in the last 10 days, he was, oh, golly gee, I can work with anybody. Uh, You know, I'm, you know, hey, I'm, uh, I'm a nice guy. I'm not going to be that political. And then he launches the Existet missile as soon as the election's over. So, you know, that's a little bit disingenuous towards the voters of Brampton, I think, too, as well.
1: Well, it's, it's interesting uh, to hear any reaction from there. I mean, personally, I think that a, a lot of it is, you know, a, when, when people come through crisis, a lot of them like to write the story. I'm just wondering if it's a matter of kind of a personal catharsis.
2: May, may well be, and it may be satisfying for him to sort of uh, to to uh, get this, these words on the page. But I think the time to write the book is maybe after his political career. Uh, you know, uh, he, he 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 chose to go back and seek elected office. You know, really quick. I mean, a year hasn't even transpired since uh, since this all uh, you know the PC world was shaken up. Um, It seems to me that if, you know, if he decided to go down the path of of getting elected, and he did, uh, you know, against, uh, you know, what many odds makers may have uh, predicted, um, you know, there's some redemption and validation in that, if that's what he's looking for. Um, But uh, fanning the flames of, uh, you know, uh, animosity between uh, himself and the PC party just... uh, it may be satisf- it may be very satisfactory personally, but I, I don't see how it uh, serves his long term goals uh, or it helps the people of Brampton.
1: Okay, let's uh, take just a couple of calls before our break, and we are going to get to this economic statement. Uh, Jerry in Burlington, hi Jerry. Hello. How are you
5: doing? Fine. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, f- I have a comment regarding the the book, but first I want to ask a question. Quick question of your uh, liberal, the 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 guy who is uh, now uh, like liberal. He mentioned something about the problems in the uh, f- uh, if in the Ford government that is associated with Doug uh, Ford's li- lineage, lineage, whatever you. Pronounce. Um, did was he con- was he referring to a family like Doug Ford family? uh yeah he was because if that's the case doug ha- doug hasn't done anything it was rob and and whatever but doug hasn't done anything it should not reflect on his government okay so now to the to the the book um i uh i'm a conservative and i did not really i i didn't vote for him uh, for brown, but I was happy okay he was going to be the leader the the the, the and When he was accused by CTV, I believed him and if there was a a GoFundMe page, I would have paid for it because I really didn't think that it was true. I stood behind him, but every action after that proved to me that he was not meant to be a leader. Uh, That he is not conservative. First of all, he immediately, he didn't step down first and he was going to lead the party. If he had the party uh, good in mind, he would have stepped down, even though the accusations were not proven and and I don't think they are accurate, but he would have stepped down. Well, he... he, he does he not think about the conservative Party. I don't think, actually, he thinks about anything or anybody but himself. Okay. Everything that he has done since is wishy-washy. I just listen to him talking. He, he wants to hurt oh. people, oh. and I don't know why he's, he's hurting this government. Okay, That's Jerry, we get... Jerry, anything Jerry... Uh, We get the drift.
1: Thanks very much for your call. Okay, one more very quickly uh, before we go to break. George in Mississauga. George, are you there?
5: Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Go ahead quickly, please. I I just had a a quick snippet of your interview with uh, Patrick Brown. And by the way Patrick Brown delivered his message, I really believe that he was played dirty. And instead of looking at uh, Vic Delhi and Lisa McLeod, I think you should even look at uh, what role uh, Doug Ford had to play. I don't think that Doug Ford is much of a leader. I'm not a conservative. I'm not a liberal. But I do feel that Patrick Brown was given a raw deal. Okay. And he was denied the post of Premier. And it was just luck and uh, Rob Ford's name that got uh, Duck Ford elected. That's all I had to say. Thank Uh, you.
1: Thank you, George. Okay, as I said, we have to take a quick break. We will be back with Mike Van Solen, Bob Richardson, and Jerry Nichols right after this.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back we are talking to Bob Richardson, Jerry Nichols, and Mike Van Solen. We are expecting uh, the fall economic statement in half an hour. And uh, it's coming just after uh, that explosive book that Patrick Brown is just releasing. And now, Bob Richardson, uh, you're a liberal. You used to work for finance minister Charles Souza. So um, a lot of liberals say that... The Conservatives are inflating the deficit, which they say is on the order of fifteen billion.
3: Well, the fifteen billion number, I think, is pretty much universally viewed as ridiculous. Uh, you can argue a variety. I think most people agree. Um, uh, it, it depends on how you interpret various um, treatments of accounting. it It gets very boring, blah blah blah, all that sort of stuff. Um, At the end, at the end of the day, um, there is a deficit, they have to deal with it, Um, they need to put forward uh, a plan on how they uh, intend, uh, intend to do so. Um, We'll look to see, uh, we'll look to see what they have to say. But, uh, you know, I think they would do themselves um, some good to come up with a more realistic number. Uh, Most economists, most people in the press, most observers, Um, view some of the numbers that have been kicked around as absurd. So I think if they come up with a more realistic number and then have a plan to deal with it, I think that would put their
1: government in better stead. Okay. Um, Mike Van Solen, what are you expecting and what do you think of the $15 number? Well, I actually think the $15 billion
2: uh, number is quite instructive. You know, this is the government uh, who said very clearly that if, if we were to continue with everything that the previous government had set in motion, um, uh, you know, this is where we're going to find ourselves in the, uh, as a province. The, you know, the trend line was wrong. You know, the trend was not taxpayers' friend. Um, but, you know, what we're going, what's going to happen is we're going to have the fall economic statement the, this afternoon, and, and next uh, spring we'll follow a real budget, so no doubt. The, the, the number of where we are once we've been able to unburden the province from some of the spending commitments that have been made in the past and the government's able to properly implement its agenda, which, you know, fiscal agenda, which really begins today. Um, we're no doubt in time gonna fee- find out where we are as a province. Uh, what we know is that we've been spending more than we're taking in and that's a problematic, uh, a scenario, an, an unsustainable scenario uh, for, for any province. And I think some of that spending restraint will begin today. Um, you know, we've seen some suggestion that there's going to be tax cuts for some of the lowest income earners in the province. Uh, that'll be good news for those folks. Uh, but with that, I think there'll be some measure of uh, water in the wine. There will be some programs that uh, have existed, some... Uh, some Roles and positions that have existed uh, that we can't fund because we just can't keep on the path that we were. So, I expect the uh, uh, some strong signals and, and actions from the from the government today around what restraint
1: uh, begins to look like. Uh, Jerry, do you have any take on what we can expect? And also, um, I want to ask about legal costs, because there are expectations that say cancelling canceling, uh, uh, canceling cap-and-trade, and all those things are going to result in very, very significant legal costs. Well,
4: you know, first of all, Libby, uh, let me say that with all this stuff about, you know, Patrick Brown, uh, his book, and all the scandals that are going around, that's stuff that the media likes to talk about, that's stuff that pundits like to talk about. It's not stuff necessarily the average voter cares about. The average voter cares about is the economy. now? They care about taxes. They care about jobs. They care about what kind of direction the province is heading in. So that's why this economic statement is going to be really important for the conservative government, because it's going to be kind of like their first sort of template or blueprint of how they're going to put this province on the right course. And I think at the end of the day, that's what's going to either win them a re-election in four years or lose the election for them, what the economy is going to be like. So I think this this is the beginning of, of of their of their sort of unleashing this plan, and this is going to be their biggest challenge going forward is how they're going to manage the economy.
1: Okay, uh, Bob Richardson. What we've heard about so far are cuts to the office of the Ontario Child Advocate and the Environmental Commissioner. Uh, do you see a kind of war on the environment from the Ford government?
3: Well, it hasn't sort of shown itself to be a huge friend of the environment so far. We don't really have an environmental plan. They got rid of cap and trade. Um, They are eliminating the position of the environmental commissioner. Uh, I think it's fair to say, geez, what are you guys doing there and what's your plan going forward? Particularly, you know, given what we're seeing around the globe and in California in the Caribbean and some of the storms that we've faced. Indeed, in our own country and and stuff that went on in B.C. last summer, B.C. and Alberta. So, you know, I think I think people are saying, okay, that's fine. You want to take a different approach. You want a majority government. Fair enough. What's your plan? And we haven't got to the what's your plan part yet. So they're going to have to start enunciating that sooner rather than later, or they're going to risk sort of looking like dinosaurs when all sorts of jurisdictions, whether they're run by right wing governments, left wing governments, moderates, whatever are actually taking action on climate change and are taking action on environmental issues. So these guys are starting to run out of runway and they need to get a plan put forward.
1: Uh, Mike, what's your reaction to that?
2: I, I do think it's uh, important and incumbent on the Ford government to come up with a, a plan around the environment. They've uh, they've clearly articulated that they didn't want to see through what the, the past government's uh, plans were. Getting rid of cap-and-trade was, was part of that. Um, so, uh, you know, I would hope in the, in the coming months we will see and hear a little bit more about what they actually want to do. Um, you know, that, that to be said, there's a lot of work of just unwinding cap-and-trade, and that's not what... Out its uh, uh, complexities, so uh, and cost. that's probably the and, and cost, and that's you know. But look, the, there was a lot of cost for for the average Ontarian. You know, we we got ourselves we find ourselves in this situation in part because you know I'll suggest uh, the previous government hadn't properly articulated and, and, and sold Canadians on the idea of, of why the action they proposed needed to be taken. That's why Ontarians were willing in the past, last election to vote in a government that was said it would scrap it. Uh, um, so they'll get on with that work. Uh, ultimately, Canadians or Ontarians will save money as a result of that. But it's not all about money. It is about the future of this planet, and, and I, too, would, uh, would look uh, interested to see what the government ultimately comes up with on that front.
1: And do you have any uh, other clues about what else might be cut? We're expecting cuts.
2: Yeah, well, I I don't have any particular uh, insight. Uh, You know, I have some ideas that uh, you know even in that even in the Sacred Health portfolio, we could see some uh, effort to uh, sort of right size things. Um, There's been some. uh, There's definitely some uh, uh, cost transfer centers where you know we still see executives making lots of money, uh, where the return on investment is a little bit harder to uh, to understand. Um, But I, I would expect a strong signal that um you know the the past way of doing business is uh is no longer in vogue and uh they're going to be going in a different direction so uh I, I think all those uh transfer agencies out there are probably watching uh today's speech with bated breath because uh because you know that the reality is that we do have to shrink the uh the spending envelope and uh yeah that will begin today
1: Jerry Nichols, I mean, health, they've made promises on health care, and uh, the opposition all, is already complaining that they're not really fulfilling those in terms of hospitals and long-term care. Do you think that's a viable thing to cut? Well, it, it's, it's, of course, it's a political landmine to talk
4: about health care in any context of cuts. It's like that for any government. I think this is, you know, especially a challenge for the Ford government. You know, they come up here and say, they say, no, the, the deficit is $15 billion or, or whatever it is. Uh, it's a big number, whatever whatever it is. Um, and we have to cut that. And people will say, yeah, 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 we, we agree with you. We, we should cut it. But then when it comes down to saying, well, here's what we're going to cut. That's a lot tougher. Um, and this is, this is a problem that all conservative governments face when they talk about re- reducing a deficit or cutting back on spending. You know, every program seems to be important. You know, every, every, every dime the government spends seems to be for something crucial, or at least that's the way it comes across from the bureaucrats, from the media, from opposition parties. So no matter what the government does in terms of cutting, they're going to they're gonna make some enemies, they're going to get some bad headlines, they're going to get some bad PR. So that's why I said it's a real challenge for the Ford government moving forward as to how they're going to keep their promises about sort of bringing back fiscal responsibility, because that might involve some pain. And pain is the difficult thing to sell to voters.
1: Okay, and uh, Bob Richardson, is, is this marking the end of the honeymoon for the Ford government? Uh, and do you see the government as being in crisis? Well, I'm not sure
3: if she ever had a honeymoon. If you take a look at the numbers on, on polling, but uh, I give them full marks. They sure got lots of stuff done. So uh, I'll give them uh, I'll give them credit for that. But uh, you know, you, you can't continue just endlessly talking about stuff. If you did want to do stuff differently and they said that they did, fine. They're going to have to start doing so now. So an economic statement in the in the fall laid, lays out the framework of what you want to do. It shouldn't be that specific. Your budget in the spring is the specific document. So I think this will give us indications of the areas that, uh, that they want to see cuts in and what their fiscal uh, plan and path is. And then more of the details will come out in the spring.
1: Okay, and uh, we're starting to wrap things up. So, Mike, what are you leaving this with?
3: Well, look, I,
2: I'd be really interested to see what uh, you know what uh, areas they shine a particularly a particular light on. Uh, I think this is a really important to uh, you know maybe more important now, given the bit of the news we've had in the last twenty four hours, for them to uh, regain sort of a positive message track. Uh, to begin to explain to Canadians, uh, as Jerry talks about what that tough medicine will look like, um, because I think it's important to sell and bring bring the public along on the plan, especially as you're implementing austerity, that they understand it. They don't just want to know what the solution is to the problem; they need to also understand the problem. So, if there's programs that uh, you know, the, on every group, that every program that gets cut, there'll be somebody who says, "Hey, that shouldn't have happened." So, they really need to uh, sort of grab the narrative, be able to explain to Ontarians why they're doing what they're doing, uh, be able to paint a picture to where they hope to get to. Um, So I think that's important. I really look at today as as an important communications moment for the government to uh, grab hold of the agenda, particularly around austerity, and see where they can take
0: it. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.